Hi guys, Luke and Aiden from the Line and Length podcast here to give you a heads up. Our podcast covers a range of topics that some people can find confronting. Line and Length are ripping the covers off of mental health by initiating raw, unscripted and honest conversations with relatable guests who are willing to show vulnerability in talking about their mental health journeys. Here at Line and Length, we have a vision for a world where the stigma around mental health conversations no longer exists. With this in mind, it's important to look after your own lid. So if you may be struggling or feeling a bit flat, we highly recommend reaching out to the professionals like your regular GP, Lifeline or Beyond Blue. Now, on to the latest episode of the Line and Length podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Line and Length podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, here with regular Kel. How are you today, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Aiden, mate. Good to be back. Good to be back for sure. Joined here by today's guest, Grace Hamilton. Grace, how are you? Good. Thank you. How are you guys? Not too bad at all. Um, I'm going to kick off the podcast as we always do. Who is Grace Hamilton? Uh, I actually saw this and I was like, this is hard. Um, Here we go. (laughs) I guess I'm a, I don't know, country girl from outside of Orange uh, and then moved city. So in Sydney at the moment and play a bit of rugby, dabble in a bit of rugby union. So Dabble, we're calling it dabble. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we're underselling how much we play rugby. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I'm committed to rugby at the moment, but um, yeah, lucky enough to represent New South Wales in Australia, which is cool. Pretty big deal. Casually, you've just thrown that in, (laughs) that you represent Australia in rugby. Yeah. I know, but I don't feel like I need to identify through rugby. So, yeah, I'm outside of Grace as well. So it's it's important for me to be like that two different, yeah, not identify through sport because it's not forever. So, yeah. Grace, is rugby your um your full-time employment at the moment or is it, is it only part-time semi-professional? Yeah, no, we're not professional um, in the women's game. So we work full-time. I actually work full-time at Scott's, the boys' school um, here in Sydney um, in charge of their sport and rugby program. So, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit going on, but, um, yeah, I love it. And I actually love having a job um, as well, as much as I would love to play rugby full-time. It, it's yeah. been really nice to like have that stable life balance as well. Yeah. Do you think rugby union's a bit behind the times in terms of I, I personally look at AFLW and I think that is elite for the women's and even the last few years at NRLW, and I know that you've spent a season doing that during COVID, but do you think rugby union as a sport in the women's terms is a bit behind in that professionalism yeah I think like it obviously is it's got a it's got a long way to catch up and hopefully they're going to do that quickly um yeah yeah, but like I obviously have mates in AFL have mates in rugby league and everyone's like come here play this do this um even friends in cricket and things so yeah yeah, I I I am a rugby union girl um from family wise but yeah there's definitely opportunities in other sports and, and different lines as well um even overseas for women now so um, rugby union in Australia for women definitely um, got got to catch up and quite quickly. Yeah, do you reckon it can? Yeah, I definitely think it can. I think we're definitely on the right way. We just got to yeah. um, invest in the right ways, and like the the main thing is we've got to be successful um, because that's ultimately how you drive. I don't know exposure and and then also sponsorship and money into the game, and and I don't know if we can do that if we're not professional. Um, yeah yeah yeah. So. when you say we've got to be successful does that what does that mean does that mean like 
you know, on the field, like the standard of footy's got to be successful, or does that mean corporate sponsors? Like, what's successful mean? I think, like, obviously, I think you play sport to win, so we're, like being successful, um, win some games. But yeah, I think the standard of the game also has to be that a skill level and things like yeah. that. And I probably our Super W final this year, we played New South Wales played Fiji, and that was probably one of the right. best games I've played in. Yeah. Um, and so many people, like corporate people, after that because the Rebels were playing after, yeah. um, down in Melbourne. Oh, it was that big weekend, that magic. Round, yeah, magic round. Kind of yeah. 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 Um, so many people are like, whoa, that's like the best game of women's rugby we've seen. So yeah. for us, that's just the game's got to increase in that sort of way and, and the exposure yeah. of the game um is just got to get better as well. Yeah. Do you feel like as a player, do you feel the standard like each each season you run out? Do you feel like fuck, this is better than last year? Um yeah, I don't know. I think it actually has been a bit stagnant in the last few years, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I and I think that's obviously COVID, that we had a break. We didn't play any, like, international games yeah. for, like, two years. Yeah. And the first session back, I was like, our catch and pass, everything. I was like, oh, this is a bit, no we've good. gone back a little bit. But, no, nah, yeah. we've definitely improved and, and I, we got back there. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, beautiful. Chris, I want to go back a bit in time for you, back to um, – 2016 I read an article about how 2016 for you was interesting to say the least um you had several things happen can you run us through what happened and then we'll get into that a bit yeah um probably 2016 I actually didn't know I wanted to play rugby I was kind of a netballer all my life and then went on college exchange like every person does in America um had a great time over there, but the only thing I kind of knew was playing sport and they don't obviously play netball. So I started playing rugby um, from a heavily dominated rugby family um, and over there just to make friends. Mum wasn't happy, but, you know, it's all right. Started playing rugby and, yeah, um, yeah met heaps of people and then travelled around there and then lucky enough came back to Australia and started playing here and kind of never played netball again, which is which is odd, but um. Yeah, started playing sport over here and then got selected to be in like, I was in the ACT in that time, played for the Brumbies and then moved up to New South Wales, played Sydney and things like that. Got into the, and I was I was playing well, got into um, the Aussie squad in 2016, but um, no, it was 2015. And then 2016, they chose a squad after the national championship of 64 people and, and I wasn't included in that. And it was kind of like a, a, you know, I feel like when things aren't going right in your life, everything come like everything comes down. And yeah, I was yeah. like so stressed at work. I was working too much. It was like I wasn't getting paid much. Just moved to Sydney, just finished uni. It was kind of like yeah. I was like not living my best life. Um, and then yeah, didn't get selected on the day that I um actually I just quit my job. And on the day I was leaving, I got a phone call at my leaving drinks being like, oh, you haven't been selected. And for me, yeah, it was a pretty rough day. But like for me, it was kind of like, yeah. So it was like a massive turning point for me. It was like you can either like play like because even now I'm like rugby for me, like it was so fun. It's so fun when it's just like a social thing and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you're just going out and just have a bit of fun and then you go out with your mates. But um. Such a crossroad moment for me. I was like, okay, I literally have no job. I don't have any rugby anymore. Like, what do I want to do? And and the girls went off to train in a camp for because out of 64 people, like, that's the thing. Like it was 64. I still remember that number because I'm like, yeah. it's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and there's only 15 people on the on the 40 field. Um, yeah, so when in 
um, everyone went to camp and I ended up just being like in Queens Park here in Sydney being like, okay, I'm just going to go to conditioning sessions by myself and train by myself yeah. while these girls are in camp because I was like, I don't want to be behind um, basically. And someone once said to me, the fit you are, the easier it is to play the game. Yeah. Um, and not still not that fit, but anyway, <laughs> um, try to be. And yeah, it, it was just like a, it was a moment for me. And then I ended up being, we played a game against a team that was going to tour um, and no, it wasn't like I went out and hurt anyone or anything yeah. like that. But I was lucky enough in that day, not like one of my friends um, didn't pull up okay and they asked me to go. So for me in like one day I had been invited to go and, um, yeah, been invited to go train with the Wallaroos. Then I ended up being asked to go in that same day and the next day fly out to New Zealand. Um, and debut two days later. So oh, it was wow. like this, I went from like not being yeah. in 64 to being in there. And then I ended up debuting off the bench two days later uh, in New Zealand. So it how was kind of one, that moment. How yeah. did one miss out on the 64, 64, I guess called woman squad and then um, yeah. make your debut? Like you just slot straight into the team. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was, it's definitely a wild thing to think about. Um yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they had a lot of, I guess they had they had a pretty solid um, back row at that time. And and one of my friends still, I still tell her to come back. And I was like, I'll move positions if you come back because I'd love yeah. you to come back, uh, Victoria Latu. But um, yeah, she she pulled up quite badly and they were like, and then they just invited me over. So it was, I just started my new job at Scott's too. So I'd be like one week there, I was like, hey, yeah. I'm really sorry. Can I go and play? tomorrow in New Zealand and they're like yeah go and then I'm really yeah. lucky they've always been really supportive of me playing um yeah, which great. has been really good yeah yeah well, how great that's a whirlwind of emotions that you've gone through over yeah. that period of time how do you how do you keep your mental in check during that period like how how did you go about that um yeah it was I got it's long ago now but um I was I like I was like and there's there's I was devastated um at the time it was yeah. like a a point like my sister the girl that got the girl that like my friend who actually ended up getting injured she came over my sister came over it was like we went we all went out for dinner and had a few drinks and everyone was like yeah pretty upset for me and with me mm. and um I probably allowed myself those couple of days to be like no nah, I'm over it I'm not gonna do mm. this and then um, yeah, you just got to pull yourself up. I've always grown up, I grew up on a farm, so we kind of weren't allowed to win. We just had to get on with the work. So yeah, it was like, it was a moment, yeah, it was a moment for, I was just like, I don't want to be obviously sad about this or complain about this. I just want to, if I want to be there, I've got to work hard. And I think it made it so much more special for me, um, knowing that I had done the hard work to get there. I wasn't just kind of given my jersey. Yeah. Um, I really worked hard for it. So emotional um yeah, what and mentally yeah. um I I started like uh, there's little things like I started doing these planners and like so silly I'm a teacher so it's like it might be a bit weird but you know when you're little and you get like a star there's a star chart and you get like a good star yeah. I um <laughs> would have yeah. my training I have my training months like stuck on the wall and if I was good at training if I thought I was good I'd give myself a gold star if I didn't think I was that good I give myself a silver and if I didn't do anything, I never got a star, but then it made me have all of it on the wall. And I, I could, I, it's like a checkbox. I could just tick off my goals. And, and that was kind of really important for me to be routined in that into yeah. what I wanted to achieve. 
Yeah. Grace, you mentioned um, previously you from a big rugby family, but correct me, it, am I right in that you said you first played rugby in America? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Can you, can you run us through that? Uh, yeah, rugby in America. Probably not the biggest sport you'd think of, but I think with um, I was like, what am I going to do here? I don't know. I'm the only Australian in yeah. North Carolina at a university and – I don't know how to make friends and like sport was kind of my way of making friends, but I was like, I'm not going to make the basketball team. (laughs) Um, So I, yeah, I just was like, I'll play touch footy. They had like rugby trials and I was like, Oh, I'll just go there and ended up being recruited and playing. And I think because colleges over there just have so much money around sport, they support you pretty heavily. You'd be able to play. So for me, then I ended up traveling around America, stayed there for a year playing and yeah, I've never taken my boots off since, which is strange for everyone to think that I started in America, but yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. What well, was it a good, like good system over there? Like, like put paint, paint a picture for, for us. Yeah. It's like a, obviously a college, like um, it's kind of like a varsity program. So we were traveling like overnight to like play games though. Cause women, obviously it's not like a huge, it wasn't a huge thing. They had, a, they had a lot of players, but we were traveling to like Pennsylvania from North Carolina, which is like 12 hours in a van Damn. to go and play games. What, and then playing the next day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just like really? stay at the girls' houses and then play the next day. It was like, but it never seemed odd. Like it was just like, cool. Like you finish uni on Friday, let's go. We'll drive overnight. We'll play and then we'll play. What's the uh, bus trip like back? Yeah. Like that curiosity. always was a bit, it was a bit more fun <laughs> after the game than, yeah. than to the yeah. games. But. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, our celebration, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, how how would like in the states, right? Like, obviously, they've got they throw money at, at all of their athletes. Is there a difference in the way that athletes are treated in terms of their like the mental health side of things in the states compared to Australia? Because obviously, the physical side is definitely taken care of. Uh yeah, like the the facilities and things like that over there is incredible. Like we had a 400 meter running track indoors above the gym and like things like, and above the basketball courts and then things like that is just like wild to think about, especially over here. Um, But yeah, there actually wasn't so much around our mental skills. And I don't know if that was just because I was in a college life and, you know, Mm. they just kind of fend for yourself kind of attitude, but um, there wasn't a, a massive, um, yeah, program around mental health. There was around the university and like uh, probably academically, uh, but not necessarily through sport. And but I don't think that's it's not done well, especially like in rugby here. Even it's not done well. And I probably didn't notice that as in a younger version of myself, at, um, how important that that is and how important it was um, at that time. But yeah, definitely looking back, I'm like, I wish they invested more time in, into this sort of space. And I work at a fully boys school and I see that, I see the toll both sport and academics can have on you at a young age and how it's just like some people just need a little bit of advice in order mm-hmm. to improve. And I, I have conversations with kids at school and all they literally need is sometimes to be like, yep, you're doing the right thing or do you need any help? Let me help you. And and that can just change their whole mental space into, into what they want to achieve or what they think they're going to do. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely important. And I see young men like every day struggle with it. Um, but 
I feel like if, I don't know, it's such a silly thing to think about, but I had this coach once that was like, if you care about someone, you get so much more out of them. Um, and I, and I don't know if that's just a women's type of thing, but I, I don't think so in, in teaching as well. Like if I, I've coached the 16s this year and I'm like, if they genuinely feel like you care about them, they will play for you and they'll, and they'll do what they yeah. want to achieve. Um, but if they don't feel like that, or if you don't feel supported in, in an environment that you're in, I don't think it, yeah, it doesn't mentally and, and, and physically like make you better. So yeah, I, I, I think that's so true. If you care for them, they'll do so much for you more for you like that is just 100 bang on you know you know yeah. all these good footy coaches they say that about wayne bennett like they just reckon he's not even that great of a rugby league mind but he just cares just gets yeah. around the boys and they all just love him and play for him yeah i, I definitely think it is and i don't know creating that kind of how i kind of shaped my rugby career since like in in and out of leadership roles and things like that i always just want to create an environment where people enjoy being in and i think the success of our like new south wales waratahs team like everyone enjoys being there everyone yeah. literally like it's hard but we love each other so much like i sat in a, a panel at the start of the season a couple of years ago and i was like they're like what is it like and i was like we actually like each other and we've created the environment where that allows yeah. us to to be better but also push each other and um yeah. Yeah, that's kind of just a massive thing for us in creating environments that are positive. Um, do, you, do you reckon um, creating that environment that everyone wants to be there, do you reckon that's because it's essentially still amateur f- for the women's game? Because, like, you literally, you, you're not getting paid. It's not professional. You're there because you just love the sport. You just love it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you're so true. And I, I actually talked to one of the TARS boys about that once. I was like, like, we at a national level if you don't get selected it is like devastating and like and I'm okay like so many coaches come in and be like oh you can't be upset or you have to be good on the training padding in the next hour or things like that and I'm like these girls have put their heart and soul into achieving this and you literally have just like and it's just taken away from you. you I don't know I don't have a problem with people being upset about that like I'm like you can cry or you can be upset there's definitely obviously different sides of that but I'm like you've got to allow people to be upset in that moment especially us at an amateur level where like we we care so much whereas I I did speak to one of the boys about and he was like I'm I'm like oh like he didn't get selected I was like are you okay and he's like yeah I'm fine and I'm like okay just such a different mindset I'm like you're still they're still getting what they need um but when they say they're fine when they say like oh I'm fine do you reckon internally do you reckon that that's just a facade or do you reckon they're actually just don't, don't care? Yeah, no, it definitely probably is a facade, but also I'm like, they're, it's not like they're still getting paid. They're saying yeah. amount of, is someone that's play, pay, playing, sorry. Yeah. And things like that. And I, it, as much as everyone wants to be professional, it's, it does kind of, you, at the end of the day, literally everyone is in the women's game because they love it yeah. and they're doing everything they can to be there. So yeah, yeah it, it, that's an exciting part of it as well, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's now time to dive into your favourite segment, Kel, the uh, the Triple H segment. Oh, I do love this segment. I am looking oh, forward to hearing no. these. <laughs> um, Grace, your hero. Who is your hero? I actually don't know. This is the like I've done Triple H before with some of my my teams, and I'm like, everyone will say their parents. 
I don't I don't know. It's just a thing. A for lot me. have said their parents, yeah. Yeah. Um obviously they are like I, I love that. I love them and they've given me yeah. so much. But um yeah, I don't know if I have a hero. I'm pretty internally motivated. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Like there's obviously sports people I like. Like I love even the other day, I was like Serena Williams when she was like, I am gonna retire after the US Open and thing. I'm like, I am like you're an unbelievable sports person and like yeah. regard men or women, she's probably go down as one of the best people. Um, yeah. in sport and like people like her like I I am inspired so much about her but um a hero to me means a little bit different I don't know it's just like I don't what does know a hero, what does a hero mean to you I feel like heroes like you know when you're little and you're like oh my gosh I don't know my Disney character is my hero I don't <laughs> I don't know it's like I don't really know how to take hero I yeah. guess I don't know. There's definitely players I love and I am really aspire to be like, but well, Queen Elizabeth being like so old and done so much in her life. I'm a bit of her fan. Oh, the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Like she holds yeah. it down for the girls. Um we have we haven't had the queen said as a hero. <laughs> no, no, we so haven't. So maybe maybe yeah. the queen, but yeah, yeah I, I obviously my parents, there's they're probably the best people in my life. Um yeah. they have yeah. been. So yeah, I don't know. There's a mix. Sorry, guys. I don't, wasn't really good at that one. That's all right. I heard the queen. We'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. um, Grace, the next question is hardship. What hardship um, have you faced and you're comfortable talking about, you know, that sort of shaped who you are today? Um, I don't know. I've had it kind of a few of these actually. Like obviously you got like selections and things and yeah. I probably my like obviously prominent one and most people know about my I lost dad, my dad, like a couple of years ago now. Um, and he was probably the only, it's bad to say, I don't know, like the only person that I like fully gave me confidence, like could be like, you know, when you like trust someone's opinion so much that you're like, anything you say, like, I'm like, if he said, don't worry about it, I'm like, okay, I'm not worrying about it. Or like, yeah. if he was like, good on you, Gracie, like I truly yeah. felt that. And I think that's probably been the hardest thing. Yeah. Like obviously losing that person in my life has been really hard, especially in rugby, because I think that I played like part of me played for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just have, I feel like I've lost that part of me that like gave me that self-confidence um, yeah. in things I did. And all like, he just like, I'm so indecisive regardless of what I'm doing in my life. But um, I'd be like, Hey, what should I do here? And he'll just like say it. And I'm like, cool, that's what I'll do. Um, so I've kind of lost that, which, which sucks a little bit. Um, so that's probably been my hardship losing him, um, whilst playing rugby, but yeah. yeah. When you say like your dad sort of gave you the confidence, um, I guess that first game after the passing of your dad, was it, you know, was it, was was that tough for you? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is like the odd thing. My, so my, obviously the first game I played after for New South Wales, I remember it raining when we were in Melbourne mum flew, flew down it was on valentine's day actually so weird that i remember that but anyway yeah. um we came down and i just didn't play well i was just like i don't know i just wasn't happy with how i played um because yeah. everyone thinks about like oh use that as motivation or mm. i don't know like use that i don't know use his energy and then i'm, I'm just not really that kind of person i guess um mm. but 
my the because of COVID, the last game that I played for Australia was like a, a month and a half ago. Um, the first game I played since he passed. So yeah. that was probably the harder one for me because they, mum and dad, have come to every single game that I've played and. Yeah. In an, and like singing the anthem, I always like would look for him and he'd always like nod his head and be like, yeah. you've got this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And he gets the game a lot more than my mom. She's just there's like the pom-pom girl. So yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah it was kind of like he, he would tell me what to do and like kind of I trusted his opinion in, in everything yeah. I did. So losing that was probably the hardest thing. But um, yeah, yeah it, it's been tough. Um, I have to pull myself out of some tough places but yeah try to smile yeah when you say you pull yourself out of some tough places like what does that look like does that mean you have like some self-care routines that or that you just need to do or is it just certain things that you know deep down inside that you need um well I think because he got he got cancer so for me rugby when he was sick was like an outlet for me like I loved going to training and obviously like people are like don't come to training and stuff but I'm like nah because I get here and I forget. And I'm just like, I'm in training. I'm having fun. Like I was in the Waratah season. I think that's, I know, I don't know why. I think that's maybe why I hold like the Waratah is so special. It's so, spe- it's such a good environment for me because it is that outlet um, away from like what was happening in my life at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was such an outlet for me. And then as soon as like, obviously he got more sick and then he passed away rugby, I was like, oh, it's not, it I it I don't find it in the like training and doing things in the same stead was like it wasn't necessarily that. I kind of feel like I lost that spark yeah. in me and and I probably haven't played as well as I or felt like I've played as well as I have since he since he passed away, which is sad to say like I haven't played badly. I just haven't had that same like feeling um yeah. that I used to when he was there. I don't know if it was just like I'd play to make him kind of proud or something yeah. like that. But um yeah, it's there's been some rough times, and I I think anyone that has dealt with grief or losing someone so special to them, it's not necessarily the moments after because everyone's around. It like for me, it's like it's literally like it was like eighteen months after I was like, oh okay, um, yeah. this is tough. Um, and I I'm pretty like okay with like mental health stuff. Like I I've been to counselling, I've been to like speak to someone. Um, I'm not the best person at taking it. I can give advice and I feel like I'm yeah. really good at giving advice. Yeah. But for me, I probably am not as good. Like people, I my friend the other day, I saw her partner's mum's sick and she was like, oh, I don't know what to do for him. And I was like, oh, like just like make the environment less stressful. Because that for me, like I was like, if my house is clean, if everything was good, I'd feel better. Um. Yeah. And she was like, he's like you. He just doesn't speak. And and I am like, I'm probably my own worst enemy. I don't kind of speak. Uh, my In my family, we're always like, oh, let's just compartmentalise that and never speak yeah. about it again. And yeah. probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it works to a degree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like there definitely has been some times where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore or why I'm doing this. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think also that comes... I don't know, as a female also in sport, you're like, I'm getting old and I'm like, my commitment is to rugby right now because I have my job and then I go straight to training and that's kind of it. Like I've missed a period of my life as well, but I wouldn't take it back, but you like, it makes you, um, yes, think about it as well. Yeah. You mentioned there that like you said that um, you have 
reached out to some counseling services before, but you also come from a family where, you know, they, everyone sort of, you know, keeps it to themselves. Was that, was that a hard thing to do to, to reach out to that, that counseling? Um, given, yeah, given I did that, that environment you're from? Yeah. I actually went to counseling before dad was sick. So it probably wasn't that hard. Um, I, I went to speak to this lady once and then it, it was really great. Um, and I was like, cool. Like I, I don't speak to anyone else in my life. I'll just sit here and vent to you for an hour. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it, but she kind of taught me about like how, to, how thinking and different types of thinking and how your brain works. And um, I also done a lot of leadership, like, workshops and things about how your brain works and what you need for it to work properly and in pressured situations like I feel like I can deal like a like if like I know we're in the middle of a game and adrenaline's high making the right decisions and things like that um and I and I feel like I'm pretty level-headed with that now um but I have I've I've been to workshops with people who work in that I've gone to counseling um yeah I've got on the meditation um platforms yeah, so nice. they actually work but i don't do it 100 they work 100%. yeah they um, 100% um but i'm about it like i but there's something yeah i just i wouldn't have known that at such a young age but i'm yeah. really grateful that that's available now um, yeah great um highlights let's talk about highlights what's been the highlight of your life i don't know i've had a lot i've done some cool things i I love traveling, so I've traveled a lot of places. Not necessarily with footy, just with where's your family. favorite? Man? Where's your favorite? Oh, I don't favorites. Yeah, I feel like that you can make anywhere good with the experiences you have. That's uh, so that's it. I'm no, like I said, I'm moving to Darwin because I went there last oh, weekend. Welcome, mate. We'll, have you, <laughs> we'll have you another one. <laughs> um, no, I, I love. I love like Croatia was really cool for me. I loved Boston in America. Oh yeah. Which yeah. people don't necessarily say. I had a really good time there. I don't know. So many people. I loved Canada, like yeah. Montreal probably. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've done I've done a few cool places. Um but yeah, I don't know. Highlights, yeah, probably traveling. Uh we as a family, when we were young, we moved over. Mum and dad, we packed up the farm and just did an exchange for a year, which was cool. We went to England and I went to school there. Brother and sister went to school. Yeah. Um, I was in the year six, so it was like I was young, but I'm like still in contact with those friends that I made when I was younger. Um, How do you pack really up cool. a farm? Yeah, we were really lucky. <laughs> the guy that was shearing for us, um, yeah. he was just like a newlywed and he just looked after the farm for a year. Oh, so yeah. it was sick. Like it was oh. so much fun. Um, yeah. Other highlights, obviously, representing Australia. Um and then probably captaining Australia, which was really cool. And then probably, I know it's such an odd thing to say. I've said this to a lot of people. When my dad was sick that last year, like he, like we had like some goals for him to like be like, be like you have to be around for this kind of thing. And just the amount of family time and good things we did within that year was just so eye-opening to be like, you've just got to like enjoy your time like now because you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And we just had an awesome time for like a year as a family. We just like yeah. did some really cool things. My brother got married. My sister had another baby. Like it was a really cool yeah. year. So, yeah, probably yeah. one of the highlights. Yeah, there's a, f- a few highlights. In there. I know. I've had a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on you. It's what you make it. Good stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's great to hear. Um, Grace, 
if you could go back in time and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? This is hard. I reckon I'd just say don't put so much pressure on yourself, but I could still say that today. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, as I said, I'm not great at taking that sort of life advice on, but um, I don't know. Don't be so worried about probably what other people think. Um, yeah. That's probably something I see. It's such a, I don't know if that's just because I'm around. I see it like even young kids now, like social media does not help your mental health in any God, regard yeah um and I'm lucky like I'm old now so I didn't really have that when I was at school but um <laughs> yeah. um yeah it was like it just that doesn't help and just the pressure it puts on people and the way that the way you should look I probably like that's probably one of my downfalls too like I I don't know was a bigger kid I guess when I was little so like got paid out a little bit probably have yeah. carried that through my life um but I also like I feel like because my family was so like let's compartmentalize or you're tough or you're this, I feel like I'm okay with being like, no. Like I, I can actually I feel like I can speak up now and be like, no, this is what we need to do and we don't need to hold everything in and it's okay to be yeah. upset or it's okay to reach out. Um yeah. and be okay with that. Cause I probably wouldn't have been at 18 years old. I wouldn't have been okay with being like, oh, I'll go to counseling or I'll meditate or I will write in a diary every single day. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that as a young girl. So, but also in educational systems, implementing like mental skills and how to deal in situations that might happen in your life, I think is so important. I don't think we do that enough. Um, we always talk about at school. I'm like, we should, we need like a year 13 which is not a year 13, but you like setting people up for that year 13. So yeah. in year 12, you like, careers advice mental health advice like what you want to do because no one knows at 18 what they really want to do no um yeah so like just setting people up for a win past being in an institution basically um kind of needs to happen i think in society yeah it's so great to hear you um when you refer to like the times are changing in terms of like speaking up and you know instead of just internalizing everything just speaking out it's that you know that just aligns with everything that we're trying to do here at line and length it's so good to yeah. hear that. no definitely I think it's it's definitely changing but I also think it's a generational thing like my mum I'm like mum mum yeah. you can go and get help you just lost your partner of 40 years or mm. like your life is changing and she's like no it's fine I'll just paint a picture I'm like okay but um there's different ways like she she actually is studying art therapy at the moment so I'm like maybe that is working for you <laughs> yeah. um it's good but yeah it's generational I think our generations will be a lot um, more accepting of mental health as well yeah absolutely um Grace do you have any like, must read books or apps or podcasts that you can advise to our listeners that you just think are you know hidden gems I actually am not a person that reads too. I like obviously I've read some really great books, but I kind of kind of keep them lighthearted, so it takes my mind away from like performance and like professionalism yeah, because yeah, my whole yeah, life is yeah. in that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just try and keep podcasts and books a bit lighthearted. I have read um, Jordan Wooden's book. Um, I just had it, the best of me. Oh, my personal best. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and it talks about like self-actualization and how to make yourself the best person. And he 
he was like a basketball coach um, in America and how he brought this team up. Anyway, so awesome book to read. So that is one I would say. Yeah. Um, and then I just, Smiling Mind is probably my favourite app. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I have Headspace yeah. as well. Um, I've used that. I had a, I've never really had an injury touch wood, but I had one last year, like a little niggle in my knee and actually not from playing rugby, being in lockdown on the farm weird i have no oh, idea yeah. yeah yeah um i think i was trying to shear a sheep and dislocated my knee so that's not good oh you're kidding <laughs> yeah um silly of me obviously yeah. i just shouldn't shear a sheep but i was trying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> had a lot of time to kill but um no how did you bounce back from that like did that did that hold you back for a while yeah it did i missed like the first round no i missed yeah, I kind of was just back for the first round, but came off the bench because I was only allowed to play twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it it, it annoyed me because that I felt would, okay. Yeah. I just had I just lost strength because I tore my quad at the same my under quad. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, at the same time, so like, yeah, it was just a bit of a struggle to get back. Um, but I'm back and that's good. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I've used um headspace has like a injury meditation platform and it actually is such a i actually spoke to michael hooper about this because he did this after he tore his um i think he tore his hamstring off the bone yeah and he used headspace um his mum was telling me this so i asked him anyway it was funny and it it actually helped i feel like it helped a lot because it like allows your thoughts to go and like regenerate your muscles and I don't know if it worked like that, but I'd like to say my, my my mindfulness helped in getting my injury better. So yeah, definitely tap into headspace injury if you're injured or smiling mind's probably my favorite one. So if if the captain of the Wallaroos and Michael Hoopers are <laughs> also endorsing it, I think it works. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think it does. Yeah, beautiful. Um, my final question for you, Grace, is this if you um could give advice to anyone who might be currently having a tough time with their mental health. Um, what, what would that advice be? Um, I know it's hard um, probably to reach out to people um, that, you know, this is how I, this is just from my personal experience. Yeah. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't reach out to people I know because um, I don't, I don't know, toughness. I don't know, country toughness. Um, probably still haven't broken down that barrier yet, but don't be afraid to just like, talk to someone you don't know and that's probably the exciting thing or download an app and try it before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning um get outdoors see the sunset or the sunrise um that always makes me so much happier starting my day or ending my day um but yeah don't be afraid to tap into the resources that are available now um and if you're struggling reach out yeah if you can yeah Love it. I love it. Love yeah. hearing that. <laughs> Grace, what is this entire podcast experience from when we first asked you on to as of right now? What have you learned about yourself from this? Um, probably that I don't love speaking about I get like sweaty speaking about mental health. <laughs> <laughs> um it's probably that still now for me, um, probably speaking about it is like. I think I need to tap into a bit more um, of my mental space and probably put some more emphasis on getting better in, in that regard as well. I, I know like even right now, I'm probably not in the best mindset. A lot's um, kind of been happening in rugby and 
and my like family life. Um, so yeah, probably trying a little bit harder to put some time aside to work on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, uh, that's some awesome advice. And if you're, if you're worried about speaking about mental health, you just come on a podcast to talk about it. I feel so, like I'm good at giving, but I'm not taking. Yeah. So. It's a, well, I mean, Debbie, that's a, that's a pretty big step to be able to say that you've gone on and, and had a chat on a podcast that has a reach to people that you may not know, but yeah, they're all going to listen to that. That's an awesome thing to be able to say that you've done. Yeah, I yeah, hope so. Yeah. And if anyone has gone through grief or has any tips on wants any help, just let me know. Happy to chat. I think that's a really great place to uh, leave the podcast off there, guys. Um, Grace, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your story uh, with us today. That's all right. Anytime, guys. You're doing great yeah. things. So good. I really love that. Thanks, Grace. Um, be- before we go, guys, I do have to have a big shout out to Stuart McMillan, our producer. He does some absolutely incredible work for us, and we are very appreciative of what he does for us here at Line and Length. Uh, For those of you that are listening, if you have a story and you want to join us uh, on the podcast, please do reach out to any of the guests that you may know, myself or Kells or the Line and Length uh, Instagram page. We'll reach out and we'll get in touch with you. In the meantime, take care, look after your lid, subscribe to the show, and look forward to the next episode of the Line and Length Podcast.